Welcome to The Path. I am your host, Luke Hastings, and today we are in part one of our Based Canadian series, talking to the one and only Kurt Story. If you've been in the masculine development space for any length of time, you've probably heard of Kurt by now, but just in case, Kurt is the man behind dadwork.kurt on Instagram and the Dadwork podcast. Kurt's mission is all about making dads hard to kill, easy to love, and equipped to lead. Now, I know a lot of listeners are not parents yet, and the reason I got Kurt to walk alongside us on the path is because Kurt actually has a wealth of experience beyond just fatherhood to bring to the table, and today's excerpt specifically is around the topic of entrepreneurship and business. I really like this portion of Kurt's story because it's so relatable and raw. Kurt is not selling a make money online course, and he is under no pressure to lie about anything, so he can afford to be very realistic and tell you about an entrepreneur's life in a way that I know you will all learn from and appreciate. Hope you guys enjoy. I want to ask you a question about your career because I'm sensing a vibe uh, from what you're saying. I may be a million miles off, but would you say that from the outside looking in, like somebody like me that's looking at you on paper, from the outside looking in, is Kurt's career path a bunch of stupid decisions that turned out well? Great question, man. The um, it depends where where you're at because for me, they've been great decisions because I bet on myself all the time. Yes. Um, when, for example, I would go to the bank in the earlier days, I'd be like, "This isn't going to make sense to you, but I need this money, and um, I'm going to take it out of you know this account." And don't tell me anything. I know that you think it's stupid. Right. It's not. Yep. I bet on myself, and I yep. you know usually do well enough. So yeah, perhaps like my. Dude, I, I worked in politics for a long time as like a teenager up to 22-ish. Yeah. And I quit my job. I was working for a government minister here in Canada and moved out. And I went, I'm not getting another job. Screw that. And my wife was pregnant and I just moved a thousand kilometers away. Not a smart decision on paper, presumably. Right. But I Googled how to make money. <laughs> I literally, dude, I Googled Let's how to make go. money online. And rather than getting scammed, I found like the only honest dude in the world no way. and followed a system, made some money and did a little consulting to make ends meet over the first couple okay, of years. Okay. Okay. Fill yeah. me in, fill me in some details, some color here. So Kurt is 22. He's working for the government. Uh, maybe is it the government or politician? Like both. I was on the political side of the government team. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So he's, He's doing the pol the politician government game in Canada. He's 22 years old. He's married. Wife's pregnant. And then we decide to quit? Correct. See, yeah. <laughs> Outside looking in, that's dumb, right? Are, are, but no, it's, it's good because you're betting on yourself and you have a vision, you have a plan, and you're going to take action. So then you're Googling how to make money online. If you don't mind, what year was that? 2000 what? 2012. So 2012, he's Googling how to make money online. And we found an honest player, like first try. Yeah. So here, here's the weird thing. As I look back, I'm like, there's a God thing going on here. The first website that I clicked was Christian PF, Christian personal finance. And okay. at the time I was like, whatever, didn't even think, but it stuck in my head. Yeah. And I found this guy named Pat Flynn who's okay. still going. He's running online things. He's running, he's got like a Pokemon YouTube channel. He's hosting events. Really like, <laughs> really lovely guy. But okay. he was actually honest and he's like, here's how I made my website. I'm making a couple thousand bucks a month. Yeah. Why don't you come through and do it with me and we'll just like help each other out. And I was like, let's go. So I made my thing. My very first website was on concealed carry classes that you would need to get a concealed carry permit in certain states that allow that. I didn't okay. know what that was. I just Googled, I found something on Google randomly and I was like, 
looks good enough for me. So I make a website. I remember the very first time someone clicked on one of my links, like an AdSense link, it was like 36 cents. And I was like, it works. Let's freaking go. And so, yeah, the first site I made, I think I got up to like a hundred bucks a month and I sold that site for a thousand bucks. And I was like, this is the path. And so I literally did that for the next like eight or nine years. So backing up for some of my younger listeners or guys not experienced in the digital space, what I'm hearing Kurt say is he creates an informational website with stuff that a certain niche, a certain crowd is going to be interested in, namely uh, how to conceal carry, get get registered, what the laws are, et cetera. So he creates a bunch of information. He gets some eyeballs on it. Then he gets some AdSense from Google because Google values the eyeballs coming to his website. Then the ads are targeted to those users based on their search histories, et cetera. And then whenever they click on those ads, Kurt gets a kickback. Then he eventually works that up. He works his audience up and his SEO, et cetera, getting optimized and seen in Google search results. He works that up enough to where he has this digital real estate asset that is valuable and then he's able to sell it. Is that a good kind of summary? hundred percent, man. Perfect. It's like, you know, yeah. the space. So what happens next? Uh, man, I, well, I do that for many years. Um, in the midst of that, that was always my thing, but I started Amazon FBA companies. Okay. Um, I started like, I, tr- I did a couple of coaching gigs for SEO cause that was my thing. SEO and affiliate marketing. Yep. Yep. Um, I tried launching t-shirt brands. Like dude, I did all of the internet marketing, um, shiny object thing, mm-hmm. looking for a quick buck. That was always my thing. Sure. I didn't realize, which I do now. And I talk to guys about this all the time, that time is the inescapable variable to success. And yes, mm-hmm. there are the few people who make it on the first try and they, but they you know, pay for it later. Almost. That's always. what no one yes. understands. I want to harp on that just for a moment, guys. If you're, if you're listening and you see all the 20 year old young bucks doing 50 K a month with X, Y, Z drop shipping, FBA crypto, whatever it is. Yes, they are making it now, but not that you're going to do this, but follow them for 10 more years. Yeah. They're going to pay for lessons they didn't learn later. And it might not be financially, but it's going to be with character. It's going to be with family. It's going to be with life as a whole. And so to Kurt's point, time is that universal currency you have to pay. Some people pay later and I would not consider those the lucky ones. Dude. So the reason that I am even more certain about this, I mean, so I'm 34 now and you know, I've got 10 year old kids. So I've, I've been through a lot already, yeah, but I don't yeah. want to be, I don't want to be wise or a sage yet, honestly. And I'm, I'm careful with that. But yeah. through my experience, I finally learned this and I finally stopped going for all of the things right now, holding on to what I had trying to get more. And the thing that really nailed this into me was actually in Proverbs. And I think it's 2021, 20, which at least according to whatever I just Googled says an inheritance quickly gained at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, how's that? That's just straight up. Like, yeah, don't do this. Don't go yeah. for the quick buck. Um, dummy. Like, it's not going to work. And I've seen that over and over and over again. I got to this point over and over where I'd hit my number, where I felt like a little bit safe. And then something would happen and it would take me just a little bit down. And I'm like, I'm never going to get this because mm. I think I was grasping and needy for it. Mm. And I needed the safety of money. Mm. And so all along this journey, and 
Dude, I would build a website and I'd sell it because you could get 36 times monthly earnings. Mm. So, you know, I'm punting three years in the future. I'm like, I think Google could change by then. I might as well get my payday now. But it was this constant cycle of up and down, up and down, up and down, never feeling safe like I'm building something full and real. Yeah. And I got to a point two, well, three, three-ish years ago maybe. Um, man, time's flying now. But I was going to start a real business. I don't know if this is okay. interesting for you. So like you can cut me off at any point, but I was no, going to start uh, a local cleaning company and I was going to do the thing like sweaty startup. Uh, if you guys have you know heard that guy on Twitter, Nick Huber, he's got this brand sweaty startup where you start something that's super basic, like a cleaning company or a mowing company, but you use technology to blow it out of the water and you just outperform all the local mom and pops. That's what I was going to do. And it was only to prove to myself that I was a quote unquote real businessman. Mm. It wasn't to serve. It wasn't to do anything like this. It was mm. my spreadsheet said I could make money. Bingo. Check number one. Mm. And I could prove to myself that I'm not just some online schlep. That would be number two. Unfortunately, so I, I had sold a bunch of my websites. I had a, a runway that if I didn't make any money for like two years, I would have been fine. Yeah. And that felt pretty safe. So I go in and I try to start this business. And oh man, I'm like, I'm spending money. I'm buying this, I'm buying the best, I'm hiring coaches, all my stuff. I bought cars, I had the cars wrapped, I had everything ready before I even did anything, even though I'm like, dude, I've been in the online space for ages, I know that you don't do this. And I was like, yeah, but I'm really smart, like I'm gonna figure this out. Hey y'all, just wanted to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's episode, which is me. This show is actually a part of the Narrow Way Man brand, which is my online outlet to provide wisdom, motivation, and practical guidance for modern men. I've been blessed to take part in incredible transformations and breakthroughs with younger and middle-aged men who are in a season of crisis or a season of stagnation and are ready to make a big change, but are fed up with trying irrelevant churchy principles or recycled secular strategies that are void of biblical foundations. If you are a man who is truly ready to take responsibility and break out of your current plateau, there is a link in the show notes to apply for a coaching program. Thanks again for listening, and let's get back to the show. All right, let's hit pause right there. Yeah. Kurt, why do you not do that? Bro, <laughs> the first thing that everyone knows in business is you have to know that you're able to even perform the thing and make a sale before you spend all your money on that because there's no point doing anything before you know that this is a valid service that people actually will pay you for. And I just took it for granted that, of course, they were going to do that. I had mentors, I had coaches, I had numbers. I called yeah. around. I knew what everyone else was charging. I'm like, obviously this is going to work, but I didn't actually do it. And, and not only is it for that usual reason, which is like, just try it and make some money first yeah. and then grow bigger. Yeah. But I didn't get to learn that I hated it. And that caused <laughs> <That'll do> it. <laughs> all the problems. So here I am like tens of thousands of dollars in taking yep. money out of this, like, you know, two year runway, yep. hiring coaches, hiring crews, like getting everything, SOPs printed and laminated, bro. I was all in and it feels, <laughs> it feels so silly thinking back to it, but this is one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, I kept going back and forth. I was like, Ooh, I don't know if this feels good. And in my head, I'm like, Oh, well, it's cause it's a real business and it's actually local and you've got to learn all these And I'm sorry, skills. my mind's blinking. What was the business? Uh, it was like a local cleaning company. It's going to be that's super right, high right. end. Cleaning company. Yeah. It was going like to be super high end. Commercial, both? Residential. Okay. Yeah. Like really fast, really good, all the bells and whistles. Got and it. I was like humming it on. I did this like three times in the, over the course of like three or four months. It's like, ooh, maybe I should pull back. And then I was like, no, man, it's just because you're scared. 
push through. If you're, if you're feeling apprehensive, it means you have to keep doing it, like all of that. But mm. what I didn't realize, and I found this out two days before launch, was that it was so outside of my values to do this kind of business that mm. there was no way I could ever stay in it for more than like a month or two with willpower alone. It mm. was so outside of my values. And it took me until the second day before launch because I couldn't even open my laptop. I was basically having a panic attack. Mm. Not because like the work, I just hated it so much. It's like, mm -hmm. what am I hey, doing? Tell me real quick, tell me about what you mean by outside of your values. Because some people are gonna hear that and they're gonna say, oh, well, what's, what's immoral about a cleaning company? What's, is there like sneaky deals he was having to make or something? That's not what you mean. What do you mean though? Yeah, so I um, basically I learned that my sort of quote unquote core values are a great decision-making framework. Mm. And I learned this from my mentor, Scott. And he's like, you need personal values, you need business values so that every decision, you just run them through the five values. Mm. Does this give me, uh, is this like authentic is this truthful? Is it God honoring? Whatever. But like for me, is this going to give me independence of mm. schedule? Very mm -hmm. important for me, just how I operate. I need mm -hmm. that for my family, for how I like it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It wasn't. Um, mm -hmm. Is this going to be something that like I can grow and then take time off again, independence of schedule, but like mm -hmm. it, it, basically my core values, was this going to align with if I kept building it? And mm -hmm. if I had done this exercise at the very beginning, mm -hmm. it would have been an absolutely no it wouldn't even got past number one yeah, yeah and yeah. yet i just didn't do that and so i finally did what i should have done which is i closed my laptop because well i couldn't even open it at this point i went yeah. for a huge run like a 20 something kilometer run and i got to the point where i sat down in the woods and i started calling guys just every man i knew i was like hey man this is what i'm feeling um what do you think like i, I actually in my heart i kind of want to not do it and mm. i called my grandfather, I called coaches that I had, I called friends, like mm. every man that I knew because my fear wasn't, oh, I should close this and then like, oh, whatever, and it's gonna be annoying. My fear was, oh, everyone's gonna think I'm an idiot. Mm. It was fear of judgment mm. of failure because up until this point, my life had been like, I'm perfect. And like right. everything about me has to be perfect. And yeah. that comes from not wanting to get in trouble because when I got in trouble as a child, I always had to take on everyone's emotions. So for me to control everything and appear perfect meant that like I was never going to have to have the pain of being told everything was my fault. So I'm just going to be as perfect as I can be. So that that was everything. And honestly, man, I think that that holds men back and held me back because when you have to be perfect, you can't take big risks. I mean, I, I guess in hindsight, like I was taking big risks in terms of like what normal people would do, but I was like, you know, not going for the big business. I was not doing the things that I like might not have worked because if I failed, my entire identity would have been crushed. And yeah. we talked about this before, right? Like I was that pillar in yeah. my life. I, yeah. I was trying to be the God in my life. Yeah. So if I had failed, it would be too much for me to bear. But in this moment, I called like my grandfather and I was like, would you think I'm a total loser if I shut this down? Like, would other people think I'm a loser? Mm. He's like, well, the people might be upset, but what does it have to do with you? Mm. It's like, well, everything. He's like, what? <laughs> like, no, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with you. It's all on them. And they mm -hmm. get to decide whether they feel that way. But you need to decide what is right for you. And so, dude, this was the the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And it seems like super basic for a lot of people, I'm sure. But I had to call the three women that I hired. And I was like, hey, uh, something came up. This isn't going to work. We're not starting in two days. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, you're going to have to find a new job. So one lady was like, 
are you scamming me? Like, why did you do this? And I was like, mm. oh man, it felt so bad. Yeah. And every person that I had to tell, because I booked like 20 cleanings that were like preparation cleanings. We were going to train there. We gave people a discount. Mm. I had to call every single one of those and be like, something came up. We can't do this. Sorry. Mm. And every time I did that, I had to admit the failure to someone else. Mm. And having never truly failed before, it was so crushing mm-hmm. and then it was so freeing mm-hmm. as yeah. soon as i didn't die <laughs> like dude literally as soon as i made those calls and i wasn't dead and my wife was still there and my grandfather was like hey what's going on and my kids still love me and the world was still turning it's like oh you can fail i didn't know that and it was a massive relief for me yeah so i worked through that with coaches and mentors and stuff like that to understand that i was still holding a lot of control that I was still not allowing myself to be human, really imperfect, perfectly imperfect, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that allowed me to really let go of a lot. Yeah. So looking back in hindsight, probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, mm. other than salvation, but like that was Very one of powerful. the biggest things that ever happened was failure in a, in a, in a world where I, I didn't think I could. Mm-hmm. And that led me into starting dad work. Cause I was like, well, I've got this time. I've got a little bit of money. What the heck am I going to do now? And dad work has been on my mind for since 2018 mm-hmm. when I was wow. just finally starting to like get better. And you know, that I say that very loosely cause I was just looking at some old journal entries from 2018 and I was like, Oh bro, <laughs> like, those would, I actually sent them to a guy in my group. Cause I was like, bro, I get it. Look, this is what I was dealing with. You're dealing nice. with this too. Nice. But around that time I was just coming from being like the worst to being about neutral. Mm-hmm. And I told a friend on the way to um, a mountain biking trip, it's like, dude, one day I think I might want to like speak at like a, a TED event on fatherhood and just like help dads not feel how bad I felt. Mm. And so this is rolling around in my head. It's rolling around in my head. And I kept, I don't want to put myself out there. Who am I? What have I done? And then, you know, I guess God just gave me this opportunity. It was like, those cleaning business is wrong. Do this now. So that's been the last two, two-ish years. I love it, dude. Such a powerful story. And oh, so many things we could talk about with that, but... Uh, for you guys listening, familiar with uh, my content on identity, I want to zone in on two big lessons from that spiel that Kurt gave. One is that failure is not necessarily a bad thing in the big picture. It really sucks in the moment. But it sounds like from what Kurt is saying, it was a really good thing for him because of the lessons he learned through that. And sometimes failure is the only way to learn certain lessons or to even expose that there's lessons to be learned. Sometimes you don't know you need to learn the lessons that you learn through failure. So guys, you know, taking those risks, if it's coming from a good heart, if you're acknowledging the Lord in all of your ways, trust him to keep your path straight, be willing to fail. Uh, The second big piece I want to pull from that is this concept of identity, which you guys know I'm huge on. Uh, Kurt, if you were one of my clients during that time, I would definitely say you are struggling with two of the biggest identity lies that men believe. Number one is I am what I do. Number two is I am what others think of me. And those were the two crippling beliefs that you were holding in that season. And it was only through failure And having what you do become a failure and having to risk other people's disapproval for you to realize, oh, I I am not what I do. 
I am not what other people think of me. And I'm okay, even after failing. And so guys, you know, in in one sense, I want to tell you, don't wait until you start a whole business and then have to (laughs) abandon it before you come to these beliefs. Don't wait until your marriage is in shambles before you come to these beliefs. Don't wait until you've been struggling with addiction for five years to come to these beliefs. But at the same time, if you fail, there are really powerful lessons you can learn. Thank you for listening. If this episode was valuable to you, I will probably never know that unless you do me the favor of leaving a five-star review and hitting the follow button for this podcast. Doing that is going to let me know to keep producing this kind of content, and it's going to help other people just like you discover it as well. I appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next time on The Path. To hear my full conversation with Kurt Storing, be sure to head over to the Narrow Way Man YouTube channel.